You are now tuned in to the Project 365 Experience. Welcome back to the Project 365 Podcast, guys. Episode 18, we have Jeremy Malakas, and you guys might know him as the face of J Basketball TV. Um, very excited to have Jay. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about capturing the culture um, as a videographer and just media and just understanding that side of it. Um, got to give a big shout out to his team. Got to talk about uh, Chris and Kev. Woo! He cannot do it by himself. Man, oh man. Shout out to the team. We give these two their flowers because uh jay talks about that in a moment of his life he needed a break and these two really came in and held the fort they're the result that this page is almost at 10k so i encourage you guys to go follow them on instagram and over 2,000 subs on youtube guys we um we have a great discussion about that uh we talk about how we can help the kids and all that son it was a really insightful instruction you guys might hear a little bit of french (laughs) so stick around for that And in the basketball coaching section, we talk about the skill of shooting and we dive in depth about why it's important, how you can get better at it, and just some little tips and trade that Coach O got for you guys. Uh, We're not going to waste any time. Episode 18, happy you guys tuned in. And without any further ado, let's dive in to this interview with Jeremy Malakas, a.k.a. J Basketball TV. (laughs) Excited for you guys to be here with me. Let's go. Yo. Yo, let's go. Yo, what's up, man? Holy, hello, Jeremy. Salut. <laughs> How are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to see you, man. It's always nice for me to, to tap back in with my Montreal people, man. How's everything been? Yo, it's good, man. It's good. Summer killed me, though. Like, the summer was wild. I had to take, like, a week off. Like, I had to go yeah. to Mexico and just, like, yo. No work. Didn't even bring my computer to Mexico. I was like, uh, no. Oh my! But yeah, God. yo, how's everything? Yo, I see you guys recruiting. I see you guys. Yo, yo, we're on, we're on the low. We reloaded on the low still. Nah, I see you guys. <laughs> I see you guys. All right, man. Really excited to have uh, <laughs> Jeremy Malakas. What's up? What's up? Yeah, um, very excited to have. Um, it's an honor to be here. For real, for real, like. I don't know why it took 18 episodes before it was my turn, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's about time, man. Hopefully, uh, the listeners are going to be able to feel this energy because, um, you know, Montreal has a lot to offer. And absolutely, you have been one of the people that has been the most instrumental, I'm going to say, especially in the social media, to be able to showcase what Montreal has to offer. So first of all, from me and the whole Montreal community, Thank you for doing what you do, you and your team, right? Yeah, bro. I can't, for- I can't, for- can't forget Chris and Kev. You know what I mean? So, Kev, no, man, those guys. If you think I'm instrumental, man, you should know what those guys do for me, bro. For the page, bro. Like without them, I'm not here, bro. For real, for real. Like, mm. So, no, it's an honor to be here, and I'm, I'm ready to share whatever, uh, whatever you guys want to know. You know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Because it's a different perspective, right? Because, um, I think when a lot of people come to you guys for um, videos, for mixtape, for content uh, and stuff like that, right? But bro, you should I w- see the DMs. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, I actually want to know how did everything start and where do you get the idea to start the brand? All right. 
So, um, so I used to play ball, playing ball in high school. But you know, when it's not like high level, like I guess like the times that uh, I was I was still playing and Kevin was coaching. Like, if you weren't a like if you weren't like if you were in a big like they didn't do those big guards things yet you know yeah. like yeah you're six foot you're a big you know and me being filipino right i you was six big? three i was six three i was a big in college so i know you exactly know what, what I mean? you're talking about yeah so uh going into college i ended up going to a hunt sig because they had my program and i tried out and in that gym i swear there was like a hundred dudes like wawa's trouts were nasty bro after 50 <laughs> minutes 50 of them are gone i I swear. And I end up being last cut. So he put me the 15 guy red shirt and he was like, you're going to learn how to be a one. You know, I never played one in my life. I'm left-handed. I couldn't dribble with my right hand for shit. Um, mm -hmm. And basically after that first red shirt season, I hurt myself during, um, during a summer, uh, during the summer, like just during the summer and Wawa signed three guards and one big. Because so, we got to so keep it moving. Got to keep it moving. Got to keep it moving, you know? And it's like, <laughs> and in retrospect, when I think about it, like, those guys mm -hmm. were tough, you know? Chico, mm -hmm. Zadikam right now. Um, yep. René Dalgus, he's a assistant coach at uh, Hansik D2 now. Yep. Uh, Josué, uh, Josué Dantis. This guy yep. had a strap, man. Lefty, lefty, eh? Lefty. Mm, Cash. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Akim Deriska, also on the coaching staff of D2. So those are like major pieces from the whole, like, I guess you could call it the Ahuntsik, like the arc of getting back into D1. So yep. I get cut in the second year, but, you know, being 17 year old in college, like you just want to feel a part of something. Right. So I told mm -hmm. Wa, like, I'll do the tape because as you know, Division two is the most neglected thing. in Neglected. Like, I played D2. Neglected. I know the vibes. I know the vibes. You know, I played at Vanier, so I know the vibes. Neglected. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. If, I just wanted to be a part of something and like help out my brothers, you know? So for one whole year, I did the tape. So I did the tape. Mm -hmm. I was doing the stats through division for, for uh, a Hunsik division two. And that year we ended up winning um, regionals and a couple guys needed mixtapes. So Wawa was like, Hey, do you think you can make a video for this person, this person, this person? I'm like, yeah, sure. But mind you, I was using iMovie, it was a little camcorder on the side. Yeah. And um, I made my first video. The first, first video on um, J Basketball TV on the YouTube is uh, Laurier Daniel. Do you remember him? The, he's a... Laurier. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Le, yeah, he was, a, Le, he was a, the one with the sleeve. With I the had, sleeve. Hey, listen, I had never seen somebody with a sleeve like in college like that. I never seen. Yeah. Marie Vic, no, right? Uh, he was no, at Marie... He went at Marie Vic yeah, first. Yeah, and then he reached. He, yeah. I played him. I played him. <laughs> Yo, that guy had a strap, bro. Strap. That guy had a strap. Yeah. I swear. And um, so I made him a video. And I remember we were at a summer tournament. And they were like, yo, post it. And I was like, I don't have a name. Like, I need to make the YouTube. And it was mm -hmm. uh, Usama, um, Usama Madhuni, our big, our Arab big, left mm -hmm. us as well. We had a bunch of lefties on that team when I think mm -hmm. about it. And he looked at me and goes, yo, Jay Basketball TV. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the page. And that summer, Last Chance You came out. The first, the first one, the, the football one. And mm. I was watching it. And I was like, oh, we can do this at a Hunsik. We can do this. 
So I came, I came to Wawa. I told him my idea. I told him I just need a camera. He helped me pay the camera. Um, and we started the episode. So we start the episode one, two, three, four. And I think it's around episode nine. That's when Kevin came in and he said, I like you. You're my, you're my little brother's best friend, but your shit is wet. Like you got to stop <laughs> making it like this. You should start using Adobe, start using Premiere Pro. So Kevin hops on and he starts helping out, you know, he's like, oh, he's like, he was more in the background and then he started to film and then we were two. So we were two, we finished the season together. And then I was supposed to actually work with Hoops on the Rise. Like I was supposed to just ditch Jay Basketball and me, Russell, and the people who were involved at the time, we talked. Russ, and I agreed. Kareem, Kareem, yeah, Joe. Russ, Kareem, Joe. Uh, no, Joe wasn't there yet. Joe's, Joe's like, there. Uh, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. Joe's uh, later on. But um, at the end, uh, one week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed. And I was like, you know what? Like, not to hey, but I'm, I can't wait. You know, like summer basketball, like babe is next week. I need to find a team, right? And um, do you know Jill from Brookwood? Of course. OG. Yo, so of course. OG. It's my dogs. So, <laughs> OG actually plays in uh, the Filipino league with me. Yeah. And he hit a freaking game winner on our team. And we had a team, a bunch of young guys. And game winner, 30 plus team. We lose. And he's like, yo, come film my team. And I'm like, well, you guys are with hoops. He's like, ah, they're not going to film us. Like, we're U16. And back then, if you remember, um, the only, I want to say, like, serious teams or the teams that would travel like to the states were the 15s and the 17s elite. yeah the 16s were like yeah so it was like uh daniel jules jordan famon sultan uh who else was on that team uh brian from uh from la salle um no we had a team you know and it was a fun story and in the middle of the in the middle of the summer um nelson gave me a call and was like hey like we're looking for someone to take over for the social media like like come through you know so i had a meeting with nelson and we worked the whole summer that we, we finished the summer together mm -hmm. but i needed help and my my cousin chris was getting into videos so he hopped on and then from there it was like some ups and downs and trying to figure it out but the turning point when everything meshed together was the Sun Youth Holiday Classic uh, 2018. Because mm. we camped that shit. Like, we sat there and filmed literally every game and made that big recap on YouTube. And it's from crazy. there, from there, it was just the three of us from there, you know? Like, it was, it's always been the three of us. And, like, sometimes one of us is more present and one of us is less present, but the machine still rolls because everyone, like, sort of plays their part, you know? Obviously... The best moments is when we're all working together, but like when when someone when someone is not one hundred percent, the other two will cover, you know, and vice versa. So I was like that. It was just like it started off as fun, you know, because I guess I'm a guy like I like to capture moments. Like you should see my camera roll. I have like ten thousand pictures in my camera roll because it's it's moments, you know. But I also wanted to show that. Uh, there's there's some games in D2, and you know there's some games. There's some games in D2, yeah. There's some games back then. I remember the gyms would be more packed than some D1 games, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like Hansik Momo. A Hansik Momo was like, there's never been like it's hard to get a thousand people to a D1 game. It's hard to get a thousand people into a university game. 
So you're talking about the D2 games and you guys helped start that culture, that rivalry? Yo, no. you guys would literally, like, so me from the outside, because I was at Vanier, right? Coaching, mm-hmm. right? So me from the outside, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yo, like, the three games, you guys would literally play one time in the first half of the semester, one yep. time in the second half of the semester, and it's, one time you know, the finals. Going to finals. <laughs> yo! No. It was packed. crazy, bro. Packed. And like, let's say like there was one year the finals was in Heritage, bro. That gym yo, was packed. I, yo, yep, yep, yep. That gym yeah, was that packed. Gym People was traveled packed. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Holy. I remember we had that. We warmed up to that Tizo song and they knew it was over. You were there for that? They were warming up I to was, that Tizo song? I was sitting on the sideline. So if you so if you check back on your camera roll, you'll see that I was sitting on the sideline. The it's squad crazy. is there too. Like uh, CJ, Malik, CJ, Walter. Malik. Everybody was there. Yeah. <gasps> bro, yeah. no, yo, people traveled, so, so yeah, like, it's just, it's just been crazy, like, and now it's more like, yeah, there's some college games, but you should watch these kids, man. These kids are actually tough. Like, Parkex Page, that was one of the first games outside of a Hunting that I filmed at Parkex when Page upset them, and mm-hmm. Parkex had like Jamil Telfor, two, uh, who else was on that team? Milan was on that team. And that was a big upset, like, in their house, you know, and they won by, like, a game winner at the end, I think, like, uh, with, like, 15 seconds left. So it was just, like, yo, there's so many beautiful it's moments. Cra- it's it's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Because, yes, like, bro. you know, now you're look- I'm looking back at your page, and, like, I remember watching, and I encourage people to go watch um, the Maintenant ou Jamais, like, the, the playlist, the Hunsik playlist, right? Um, literally, four- we had, uh, was it 14 episodes? I, no, I think got up to 18. There was like a 18. secret episode. Yeah. 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 So it was like 18 episodes, but I encourage people to go see like, because people love the process, but now you're looking at your page and you're like, you know, two, 2000 subs on YouTube, like over 2000 subs on YouTube and just thinking about it. And you're the one that made me really understand that, you know, we got to do it for the kids. Oh, and I remember, sure, and I remember you calling me out and just telling me, yo, like, you you got to make sure you keep the kids in mind. And then that mm-hmm. really hit me because a lot of times when we get older, we tend to want to impress our peers a mm-hmm. lot. You know what I mean? Like your yeah, peers definitely. and whatnot. But then what ends up happening is you start acting out of character because mm-hmm. you, you're trying so hard in a way to impress that mm-hmm. you do a lot of things that are not natural. So from that conversation I had with you, I remember the first thing that I that I started understanding was I got to inspire the kids, number one. So that's literally what my brand's about now. Inspire the kids, the younger guys, give them hope, right? And the older generation, make sure that you listen and take their advice because in a way, the older generation is living vicariously through you. Everything Absolutely. in the everything in the middle, it's it's influenceable because we all have mm-hmm. our different ideology, different perspective, and all that kind of stuff. So when you start telling me about the kids and all that stuff, that really opened up my eyes. So how why and how did you get to that realization? The 40 kids thing, because mm. the buzz, J basketball, like the brand was never to make money. Like I don't give a shit. Like mm-hmm. I really don't. I think I could make money. I think that like us as a team like if we really really wanted to we could just like just do this full time and this 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 would work you know but at the end of the day there's nothing like yo there's no price like there's no price yo like i remember like just this season um 
Page Parquet's Phantom. First of all, on the coldest day of the of the year, it was like minus like minus 37, minus 42. Bro, end of the first quarter, um, Mikey uh, Mikey Larosière hits like a like a walk off like three and walks to the bench. Cold as fuck, you know. And I posted it during the game, you know. Posted during the game, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna show him at the end of the game, you know. And then Parkex comes back and he hits this one-legged game winner, like three, and the crowd goes crazy. And we post it right away, you know, like five minutes after the game. And to see the look on his face, he was so happy. He was like, he's the voice, actually. That kid is actually the voice when you when you go on the YouTube. Shout out J voices. Basketball TV. Yeah, there's three uh-huh. voices. There's Chico. Chico's the first voice. The second voice is uh, Will Gens. And the third voice, that baby voice, is this little kid that just hit a game winner. You know what I mean? And he was so happy. This kid's been repping us forever. Like, why should I rep him? And a lot of kids, too. Like, like more times than not, like, we'll go for free. You know, it's a good game. We know who's playing. We'll go. This shit is fun. You know? I don't care. Yeah, what's gas money? Gas is going to come back eventually. Money is going to come back eventually. Like, I'll show up, you know? Or Chris will show up. That's one of Chris's strong suits. If Chris likes a game, like Chris knows who's playing, he doesn't care if it's at Il Perot, Brookwood, Page. You know, he's hopping in the car. He's going to work. And that shit's going to be out tomorrow or the day after. You know what I mean? Just because we know it's for the kids. Like, we know, obviously, when there's money involved, you're more inclined to do something. Like, hey, if you have a job and you're paid $15 an hour, or you have a job and you're paid $35 an hour, obviously, you're going to try harder in the job where you're paid more, right? But there's nothing that's... There's nothing more rewarding than that. And knowing that you're contributing to something bigger, like it's, it's, we're contributing to Montreal basketball. Like it's such a small market, but it's so broad at the same time. So it's just like, you know, for the pay, for the people and for the kids, always, 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 always. You Yo, know, it's, I'm telling you that conversation inspired me so much. And like, you're looking at our page, right? You're looking at yeah. me getting the opportunity to bring in guys like Jalen Chopra. Guys like Cordell Diaz, right? Our Montreal mm-hmm. kids, giving them an opportunity to be on that kind of platform. Mm-hmm. You know, that conversation you had with me, it really hit, man. And I think I needed to hear that. Yeah. Kevin because... was there too, right? It was at Park X when we yep. sat down for like, we sat down for like 30 minutes after Bro, Brookwood lost to whoever. That was right? literally, yeah. that was the most appreciated combo that I had because mm-hmm. I think I was just so focused on trying to figure stuff out in a new environment can't forget of your own so now me I, even if i gotta come back two days i come back on a weekend i gotta go to at least one game you gotta you gotta i you gotta, gotta you show gotta. up like trust me showing up is so underrated man so and you don't know you could you could change somebody's life you don't know definitely definitely all it takes is one game like uh that's like something that i i truly believe like uh like a quick story this this year um, with Brooklyn Elite U17, we had a rough start uh, the first uh, session. I think we go 0-2. We played uh, New York Jayhawks, and then we played – who did we lose to? We lost to another team, and we were playing Ian Jackson in the third game. Okay, mm. Ian Jackson, I think at the time he was number two in the nation, and we're just like, damn, like we're about to get slapped again. But Chris Kumo had a monster game monster monster game in front of all these coaches and one of these guys comes up to him he goes what's your name he goes chris chris shakes his hand and goes 
your life just changed, you know, off of one game, you know, it's stuff like that, you know? So that's like on the big scale, right at the top, but at the bottom, just showing up and like, wow, this, they, he came to watch me. He came, he's here for me, you know, like that, that spark of motivation or like, you don't know what's going on in that kid's head, you know, and just to be there by you're there for them just by being there. That's like, you know, there's nothing more rewarding, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I feel it, man. Holy. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the platform because I want you to talk about the Montreal basketball community and talk about the Montreal energy. You know, I, you know, mm. you, you hear, you hear Lugens talk about it saying that Montreal is very underdog, very underdog kind of city with the, the, our media people, shout out to you, mm -hmm. shout out to Mags. Right? Shout out to Max all the big, other. Yeah. Shout out the game other. Point, game point. Uh-huh. Shout, out, shout out Anthony. Game point. Yep. Um, and then you're talking about our coaches and you're talking about our players, right? Mm -hmm. Very underdog because it's like the reality is we don't have the resources that Ontario has Absolutely. when it comes to them, you know. But it's like when some people come to Montreal, they feel the energy. Talk Absolutely. about the energy that you get the chance to experience when you film these games. Mm, man it's like okay so first of all i i don't know like i don't know if it's like this for chris and kev but when i walk into the gym and they're warming up and they look at you they just start warming up harder first of all okay <laughs> like yo they could be doing two lines yeah doing two lines you take out the camera all of a sudden they could all windmill like, yeah going on like everyone's trying to dunk it now so They love, like, Montreal loves, like, Montreal loves that there's media now, you know? Because back in my time and your time, there was no media. There no was media. the Pioneers. There was uh, uh, Quiche Productions. Quiche I don't know production. where, yeah, Quiche Shout Productions. Shout out Quiche, yep. Um, there was uh, Alioub TV, mm -hmm. remember Alioub? Mm -hmm. And then at the, at the start, there was All-Star. At the start of J Basketball, there was All-Star. All-Star, yeah, shout out Danny. That's my dog. Yes. That's my dog, that's my dog. <laughs> Holy. And then now these kids have all this media, right? Like, it's like that. Like, anyone can pick up a camera nowadays. Anyone can film it on your phone, you know? So it's just like that energy. That's that's always something, like, if we're talking about energy-wise, when I walk in the gym and they know, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, they know, you know? But one thing that I I really noticed, like, it is, like, there is this underdog mentality because the odds are already stacked against us. Like, just resource wise our schooling is a little messed up like compared to everyone else like the way we play basketball is messed up like um uh how many how many fouls before you guys are in bonus in ontario uh if we play fiba so it's the same thing okay yeah yeah yo you can yeah. yo you you can get stuck in games like that you'll never win a game if you, you're stuck you know what i mean like mm -hmm. like whereas these americans when we tell them like we were with uh, draymond green's trainer in uh in south carolina one night and he goes You guys only get five fouls to bonus in high school. You guys can't inbound in the backcourt. And I'm like, he was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know, like that, like just the way basketball is in Quebec, it's already setting us like setting us back. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that underdog, like that underdog, like mentality is there. Like it's there. It's, it's like, it's set up. Like we're set up, like we're set up to lose. You know what I mean? And it's set up like, I don't want to say this because I don't want to anger people or whatever, but like hit it, hit it. We're until, yeah. until, until you show me a straight pipeline that works Quebec to NBA, bro, you got to go to the States or you got to go out of province. Right. Like I'm not Thank saying you. it didn't work out for uh, Karim Mane, 
Yeah. Um, I think it's just it, it's tough, man. Yo, you jump from Cejep to the to the league. You know what I mean? That's that's a tough. That's a big mm-hmm. leap. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like I don't like I don't want to speak too much on it. I don't know his resources. I didn't know what he had going on his end, but it's tough. There's no direct pipeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I would I'm not telling the kids to leave. I'm not saying yo leave. You know, I'm more saying like, hey Quebec, let's do something about this. So they don't leave because that's ça c'est la mission des fédérations, right? Yeah. Toutes yeah. les fédérations, tous les sports québécois, ils ont leur fédération, and the mission is to keep high-level athletes in Quebec and make them shine, right? But they're not doing it justice. They're doing it good for football. You could do Quebec, la NFL, CFL, you can do hockey, hockey, NHL or CHL. But bro, where do we play? We play U sports. We play outside. We play like Canadian U sports. And if you're if you're him. Then maybe you're down, you're down, you're down in the states. You know what I mean? So it's set up and like that. There's like vu the two sides don't you parler, you're the other stacked already against you. So and what happens mm. when the other stacked against you? There's two things: either you fold or you push. And I know there's a lot of dogs. There's a lot of hidden gems. There's a lot of kids in the gym. There's a lot of coaches who are already underpaid, sacrificing their time. All they want to do is like one, make make sure these kids get to shine and play to their full potential and two for sure them too they're doing it for the kids you know because they yeah. know they're the other stacked against them you know like it's not c'est pas genre oh qu'est-ce qu'il dit ce boy là c'est pas vrai no we know you know what i mean so it's it's cool it's cool mm-hmm. to see and and like i don't know man sometimes when there's the classics like yo vanier vanier dawson big classic you know like the energy in those gyms um Brookwood Park X, Laval starting to bring like I saw Laval is start. Uh, La- Laval got a little yeah. thing, eh? Trust yeah, me. Yeah, Laval got a little thing. I see yep. you guys. Yeah, yeah. My guy, my yeah. guy Mono, my guy Mono's doing his thing, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I just wish the one thing I would like though, I would like, I would imagine. I don't know if you were watching when, um, what's his name? He's on the Lakers now. He won the dunk contest. Uh. He was on the he was on the G League team. Uh, what's his name? The white guy, super athletic. Ah, uh, bro, some uh, uh, Mac McClung. Mac McClung. So when Michael McClung was on Baller's Life and all that on his come up, bro, they were saying like the whole city would just shut down and they would go watch the game. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I would love that. I would love that in Montreal, but I don't know for what because sometimes it's like, damn, do we have the level for this? Because bro, sometimes you go out of you go out of province and get slapped. You know what I mean? So yes. It's just like, Yes. Uh, so yes. I think all in all, I believe that one day it won't be a question of underdog energy in Montreal and Montreal mm-hmm. will be a basketball city. And like, I hope that myself, my team, all the media, everyone involved in this Montreal basketball community, like is going for that. Like that's what we're all working towards because I agree. there's a ton of basketball here and it's, it's amazing. And I'm just, it's just an honor to be a part of it and to like, to capture these moments, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, even for me, like I'm, I'm in a different province, but like, I don't think people understand that in the back of your mind, because I'm from somewhere, like all I'm thinking about is how I can make where I'm from better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the reason why I keep coming back. And that's the reason why I keep going to these games. I keep going to the, and like when kids, when I'm back in the city, when kids ask me to work out, kids ask me to come watch my game, I'm pulling up. Pull up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm going to watch the game. I'm talking with parents and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a lot, but 
again, the traveling from here, what I'm trying to do is bring what I learned here and try to bring it back there, you know, and just keep sharing that knowledge. But you get the opportunity to travel so much and, oh, bro, you know, <laughs> and, and you're doing, but then you're doing Quebec, Ontario and the U.S., right? So like, yeah, talk to me about um, some differences or some things that you're seeing from um, the Quebec basketball scene. How is it different mm -hmm. in Ontario and how is it different in the U.S.? I think the biggest thing, and uh, I, I, I truly believe this, I feel like, let's say you're a hooper, okay, in Quebec, and you don't make it. Sit chill. You know what I mean? You'll have a good, like, if you're a serious guy, you have a good life, finish your school, get a job, still be involved in basketball somehow, trainer, coach, or whatever, you know? But I feel like in Ontario and more in the States, basketball is a means to get out, to make it, you know? So they're going 110% no matter what, you know what I mean? And I feel like that dog mentality that they have, sometimes we lack here, you know? Like, um, and you see it all the time. You see it all the time. Um, the best example is like, um, tu l'exemple, t'as une équipe super, super bonne, mm -hmm. tu sais l'équipe est pas bonne, mais yeah, yeah. tu vas jouer au niveau de cette équipe-là, you know what I mean? And then it's a game until, it's a game until it's not a game type of thing. Yeah. So, I feel like they don't have that in the States or we don't have that in Ontario. Yo, you guys play at the level, pedal to the metal, and they, you guys step, you know, until I'm even, it's just... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm even going to add something and you could continue. Yeah. Remember, what you're, remember what you're about to say. I'm even going to add this. Mm -hmm. um, like something that's very in perspective, right? Um, mm -hmm. There are, like, if you look at the state of California, mm -hmm. okay, there are more people in the state of California than there are in all of Canada. Yep. Right. So think about this. So if California was to make uh, a tryout and make the best team out of California, that would probably potentially beat a team that we choose every single best Canadian. Potentially Absolutely. more players like just if you think about just normal numbers, there's just naturally more players. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, what were you? You could continue. What were you saying? Like, that's smart. Yeah, man. Honestly, bro. I tried to remember what I wanted to say, but no, that's so true. Like there's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hoopers, you know what I mean? On all sorts of levels. Like, I feel like, like in Quebec, it's like, it's niche. It's not even the first, like, c'est pas le sport numéro un du Quebec. It's not, right? it's not the number one sport. I think we're right. third. I think we're third. I think it goes either football, hockey, hockey, football, and then basketball. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to blow your mind. It's actually hockey, then lacrosse. Oh yeah. Hockey, lacrosse. So we're like fourth. Hockey, lacrosse, and then I think it's like soccer and then basketball. No way. I would I would like to say football. I, I feel like Quebec puts a lot of money in football. Yeah. You know? They they yeah. do, but specific um yeah, specific, programs. specific specific programs. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at lacrosse, all of BC, if you go to BC, most mm -hmm. people play most people yeah. play lacrosse. Oh yeah. Damn. The more you learn something every day, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, yeah. so yeah, so it's just like um so yeah, like um, the it feels like it's small. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, yes. Like just like if I take like this weird example right now, J Basketball, we're on nine thousand five hundred like followers. You know, I feel like everyone that would play basketball in Montreal follows already. You know, mm. like a, I would say like maybe eighty five percent, like eighty percent. You know what I mean? And there's like that twenty percent that's like either they're they're new. You know, so it's like those random kids that finally have Instagram and like, Oh, I'm on Instagram now. Or it's like the people I missed. So like the people yeah. after my time, you know what I, um, before my time, sorry. So it's just like, 
the numbers is huge, man. Like you could have a really good team, like, um, like in any other state, like, um, like the city of New York, for example, bro, they, they had like three, three teams from New York that were in Adidas, three SSB, like the highest level, you know what I Crazy. mean? So Crazy. It's just like, and they compete, you know what I mean? They compete. So it's just like, I would love that for Montreal, but you know how it is here, man. Yeah, Politics, it's a bit tough on the <laughs> the polys. Oh, is this is crazy. like one thing I don't want to get into because the polys my, is crazy. <laughs> I have my side and I yeah. rep my side, but I don't want to mm -hmm. talk down talk down on any other program because at the end of the day, as long as the program truly believes that what they're doing is for the best interest of the kid, then I have no I have no issue. With that, you know, until you're mm -hmm. taking advantage of kids, making money on their head, and like giving them fake promises, then that's when we have a problem. But from what I know and what I, I would like to believe, every program believes they're doing like what's best for the kids. So fine. Agreed. But I have my side. I know, I know who I rep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so yeah. So, Absolutely. So, so, so tell me, um, um, if you were to tell me one thing that from a, from somebody that has the camera, and that coaches mm -hmm. may not pay attention to, right? What is one thing that you see that you think most coaches don't see? Mm, the sound when they dribble the ball. Okay. You could tell, tell by just the sound. Like, this is something Kevin taught me, actually, because Kevin's a coach, and he does a camera. So when he films, he can tell if the guard is good just by when we rewatch the tape, what does the ball sound like when he's dribbling the ball? Mm. And it's like, you could tell when the ball is on the string or when the guy is faking it. You know what I mean? It's it's really interesting. I'd have Damn. to like off camera, I'll show you a clip Please. of two guards. But no, nah, it's like you could hear it. You could hear like, okay, like like I have so much tape of Anthony Maxwell dribbling the ball. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it should sound like. You know what I mean? Versus XYZ player that we say is a guard and that is super good. And yeah. I listen to the ball and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's not it. You know what oh, I mean? So that's a, uh, and another thing too, like a weird thing. Yo, do you ever look at your, your players? Like, you know, we talk about body language, bro. I see it all the time, but oh. I see like the weird stuff. So it's like, let's say the camera's like here. So you see this premier plan, tu vois moi. But yeah. you sometimes see the stuff in the back and you see the body language and you're like, okay, this guy's having a bad game or okay, this guy's like not having it right now. Or you see the bench sometimes like, yo, body language like is, is wild. Like, um, Coach K films all the practices when he was at, uh, like I heard this story, Coach K films all the practices and he would get on pe on on his players' ass for body language because, like, I guess you do see it, but, like, I see it all the time. I see it all. I filmed the game today, actually, and I know how to bad game just off their body language. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know their names yet because it's, like, a new team that I'm, we're following yeah. this year. But I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to have a bad game. Like, this guy's going to have a bad game. Like, That's straight so away from man. what I'm filming. That's so yeah, interesting, bro. man. Holy Jay, man, like you're, you, you've done so much for the basketball community. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, I encourage people to go watch uh, the quarantine, the uh, quarantine, quarantine project, that oh, video, that, that video. It just, it was so interesting. It was so interesting to see you go through stuff because yeah. I think, I think a lot of times like people see you because the beauty of what you do, Jay, and I want to say this in front of everybody. I have so much respect for what you, uh, Chris and Kev are doing because you guys show up, right? You guys show up so much, but a lot of times people don't know that you may be going through stuff on your own. Mm. Yeah, so I have bro. so much respect for you guys for showing up, but I have so much respect for you for actually designing and knowing when, when you need to take a break. So yeah, no, it's like a call your own subs type of thing, you know, <laughs> and we kind of know, 
Like, we kind of know. Like, within our group chat, we just kind of know. And I'm like, okay, well, it's okay. I'll go to the game. Like, don't worry, you know? But you want to hear, hear a petty thing about the quarantine project? Hit me. <laughs> so, I had an ex-girlfriend that yeah. I want to say she believed in me, but this was in the beginning, you know? And I feel, I felt like she wasn't supportive. And we, we had broken up, you know? We had broken up. And... <laughs> I worked so hard on that video because I wanted to post it on her birthday. So it overshadows all her birthday posts. <laughs> and it did. You know what I mean? Like that, that went viral on the first day. That went viral. But I was going through it. And that's why I made that video. You know what I mean? Like, I feel sad. I feel some type of way. I'm going to put this energy into my art. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's a little, uh, like, there's a lot of little secrets. Like, I do go through it. Kevin goes through it. Chris goes through it. And there's, like, I'm not going to tell you. Maybe off camera I can tell you a couple yeah, of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's a lot of more times. There's, like, yo, when you're going through it, like, Kevin makes this joke all the time. He's, like, when Jeremy's heartbroken, he makes the best videos. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. Like, when I'm going through it, the video is going to be a banger. But there's probably going to have a space because I need to go through it a bit, you know, like, and I encourage like whoever's listening, like, yo, if you're going through it, don't be afraid to go through it, you know, because some people never go through it and they never get to feel, you know. So when you feel, feel and then use it as fuel. You know what I mean? So lessons, lessons, lessons trust, from Jay, man. man. Holy. Make, made bangers off of heartbreaks and like second cup, 24 heures sur Côte Neige. Oh my God. Or Concordia Library. I had a fake ID, you know, like yo, yeah. 24 hours. Oh, Holy. man. So, We've been through but, yo, it, man. Who, yeah, but hoopers go through it and you could tell it in their game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can tell. I yeah. can tell. And I feel like good coaches can tell, you know, like, okay, what's going on? You know, they'll call a timeout, pull them to the end of the Absolutely. bench. And like, yo, what's going on? You know, but I feel like hoopers go through it and it's just like, there's a lot of, I want to say, toxic masculinity around basketball still. So it's just like, no one ever teaches a hooper to talk about their feelings or how they feel or who they can go to unless there are the resources for that. Like more and more, there's like a uh, mental health coaches on sports teams, but hoopers don't know. And if like, if, if any hoopers listening, I want them to know like, yo, it's okay to talk like about whatever you're going through the whoever, someone you trust, like whether it's a coach, like I had coaches that I had a coach who was like a big brother to me, Mackins. When I came back to CVM, like he was like a big bro, you know? And like, I told him what was going on and like, he could tell in my game, like when I wasn't, when I wasn't writing, he knew when to throw me out, throw me out of practice mm -hmm. or tell me not to come. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah, there's a it. lot of resources, you know, there's not a lot of, we're not given resources, but I feel like the, like people are resources because of the goodness of their heart, especially like the community is a bunch of good people. So, mm. so yeah, man, like don't be afraid yeah. to talk, man. Jay, Jay with the Jay with the bars, man. Jay, yes, man, this sir. was this was great, man. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, me too, plug in, bro. Thank plug you, it, plug, thank you. Plug it, plug in the plug in the IG, man. Plug in the IG. Yo, and so, follow YouTube. Yo, we're five hundred away for ten thousand ten thousand followers on Jay Basketball TV. We got some sick content coming out. Like uh, we have the rest of the summer to pull out. We have a new team that we're following that you guys are probably gonna see uh, eventually when this. You guys will probably get it when um when this video drops or when this podcast drops but from the bottom of my heart first i want to thank uh coach o for having me here i want to take the guys chris kev and we got some new guys coming in you know we got some new guys coming in but 
Chris and Kev, I wouldn't be here without them. Like, I I hold myself accountable. I know sometimes I don't mention them and like, the, it's called J basketball. So I'm the face, right? But what's a face without a body? You know what I mean? Shout so, Chris and, Kev. and without them, without my right and left arm, bro, I wouldn't be able to hold the camera, you know? So big shout outs to Chris and Kev, like their family to me. Um, and also big shout out to Brooklyn Elite. They took care of me. That's a crazy summer. Like all this content that you guys get to see, that's because of Brooklyn Elite. They take me everywhere. They take care of me. So, and big shout out to anyone who thinks they want to, they can make it. And if you keep believing, bro, just got to keep believing. And who knows who freaking knows, man, you know? Yeah. Thanks, bro. That's my, that's my guy, man. Jay, that's my guy. Super, super happy about everything that you're doing. Keep it up. Um, you know me, I'm always following. I love always checking in with you when I come back and I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks, man. We got a couple, we're, we're coming for down sure. for a tournament. You, you know what I mean? So, you, Hey, which one, which one? Uh, uh, gotta tell you all that. No, 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 but okay, we're, okay. we're probably, I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off air, okay, man. Okay. Appreciate right, you, bro. my guy. And you Jeez, keep it up. Bro. Yeah, all right. Shout you, out Jay. Likewise, shout out bro. basketball TV, man. Shout out, man. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. Ciao. So in this week's basketball coaching section, we are going to talk about the skill of shooting, which is one of the most important skills in the game. We are actually just going through training camp right now, and our head coach is talking about, like he said something that really stuck with me. He said, your players can never actually shoot enough. And what does that mean? Well, shooting is one of those things where even the more you do it, there's always little tweaks that you can always um, help you keep getting better at it, whether it's different footwork, whether it's uh, different releases, whether it's attacking certain dribbles and all that kind of stuff. Right. So um, by being able to keep improving your shooting, what we are allowing our players to do is we are creating a longevity for the players in the game of basketball that they could have um, for their careers. So. When you're looking at just the skill of shooting, I believe it's the most important skill in today's game. Um, and this is for many reasons. One, like we said, it allows you to be able to move on to the next level because by you being able to shoot in a lot of situations, you can allow yourself to a chance to be on the court. We are in the period where a lot of college coaches are coming to our school and we are just having discussions with them about the skill itself. And what makes it super interesting of a conversation is that that is most of the time, that is the first thing that they ask about. They talk about the shot right away, right? You'll hear scouts, you'll hear coaches, and what they'll talk about is, okay, they'll talk about the player's size, but then after they'll be like, okay, but can he shoot? And I can talk to this by experience. Um, I didn't, like me personally, with my playing experience, I was not able to uh, move on to the next level that I would have liked because, well, I never actually worked on my shooting. And it's one of those things that if you get really good at shooting, what it does is that you'll hear a lot of players say this. When you shoot a lot and you're able to make consistent jump shots, it allows you to open up the game. Now, what is open up the game? Opening up the game is... When you shoot and now the defense has to respect the fact that you shoot, well, now different scenarios end up happening because now you are a threat as soon as you catch the ball, right? So if you look at somebody like Steph Curry, Steph Curry has a lot of 
gravity, right? Which is um, the respect that the defense has to give you, right? Steph Curry has a lot of gravity very close to the half court. Why is that? Well, because he's a threat to shoot it as soon as he takes a couple of dribbles across half court. But if you look at somebody else um, that may not be, and you can think of any NBA player that you feel like they just want to get to the rim, well, they don't have as much gravity. So with that being said, what ends up happening is defense can kind of cheat it a little bit where they don't have to play all the way up the floor on that offensive player. And now what does that do in the half court? Well, in the half court, when somebody has a lot of gravity, defense, you could get one or two defenders to be able to close out on you super high up the floor. And if you read the closeout and now you're getting downhill, you're playing four on three or et cetera, et cetera, playing five on four. If you look at somebody that can't really shoot, now what ends up happening is that the defense tends to just sit in the gaps, right? And sitting in the gaps is one of those things that it clogs up the space because on ball, off ball, because you are not a threat, your defense is your defender is now not in a position where they're committing all the way to you. So basically the defender is allowed to kind of like sit back and kind of junk up the rest of the game. So when you're looking at your numbers, and we are very fortunate at Orangeville that we have shooting machines and we can kind of like have quick feedback on this. When you're looking at the drills um, and you're looking at the numbers, what you want to be able to do is understand that the numbers that you shoot in drills are not going to be the numbers that you shoot when you are uh, in a real game, right? So whatever you shoot by yourself is not what you shoot when you have a defender or you have or you are in a real game. So what does that mean? So, well, if you're looking at somebody like, uh, I'm going to use Steph Curry because he is elite at shooting. Well, Steph Curry, if you look at Steph Curry workout, Steph Curry by himself in an open gym is going to make most of his threes, right? So you're looking at somebody that's going to make, if you give him 100 threes, he's probably going to make 90, right? Um, so 90%. But then in a real game, what ends up happening is that percentage, the 90% in a real game is not 90%. It gets cut by 40 to 50%. So it actually is in the high 40s, um, like anywhere between 45 to 50%, right? Um, and that, you know, I mentioned it in a couple of other episodes where that is because there is the pressure of the game. There is fatigue. There is the pressure of a defender closing out on you, um, et cetera, et cetera. So when you are really trying to get better at your shooting, um, you kind of have to understand that whatever you're shooting by yourself is not what you're going to actually shoot in the game, right? So if somebody is shooting 40%, right? If you get 100 threes and you make 40, well, what's going to happen is that in a real game, you're probably going to shoot closer to 10%, which is not ideal. When you're looking at it in a real game, the number that you're kind of trying to look at is a really great shooter will shoot anywhere between 40, will shoot anywhere between, depending on the level, I would say a good shooting percentage to look at is if you can shoot 40% from three, you're really good at shooting threes. 
Um, and when you're doing your drills, your drills have to reciprocate that and you have to keep getting really good at that because what ends up happening is, um, and I've seen this, a lot of players go into games with the false sense of security that they're able to shoot. But that is not a reality because the number that you are shooting by yourself or the number that you're shooting in a drill is not going to be indicative of the number you are going to shoot in a real game. And something else that I think is very important to uh, mention um, is when you're shooting, um, and if let's say you're shooting drills and you are, you need a large enough sample size. And that's when the NBA, they use the sample size of 100 shots, right? Because in 100 shots, there is enough situations, there is enough big of a sample for you to be able to be like, okay, well, this is accurate, right? So if I am somebody who doesn't shoot a lot of threes and in a season I shoot one for four, that doesn't make me or sorry or if i shoot if i shoot four threes and i make three um the 75 percent that i have doesn't make me a 75 percent free throw shooters i have not shot enough of a high volume for me to be be able to have an indicative um uh an indicative and a um uh what's the word i'm looking for a reasonable a accurate uh yeah accurate uh, accurate number and that's where i think like in terms of volume when you get the chance to shoot by yourself like instead of going for eight for ten or whatnot like the more volume you can get the more accurate um of a representation you can you can have when it comes to threes so how do you get her better at that well number one i would definitely say uh work your way out Right. So if you're somebody that's not really, really, really good at shooting right away, I would say start working your way from inside to out. Right. So close to the rim, work on your form, work on your mechanics, et cetera, et cetera. And then I would say that in the mid range, try to go to 70, anywhere between high 60s to 80 percent, anywhere in between that before slowly um being able to get to the three, right? So start thinking about it in process because a lot of people will compromise their form to just go back out, step back out, and then just start shooting threes, which is not what you actually want to do. You want to make sure that your foundation and the reps are are safe and are safe, and um, you repeat them on nonstop. Um, and then when you obviously like get the form and whatnot, like your drills really matter, right? So. When you want to start shooting, I would definitely recommend um, putting pressure on your shots, right? So that's where simple drills like being able to make three in a row really play a lot of value because if you can kind of like put yourself in the mindset, when you shoot one shot, it's kind of like one of those happening, right? You shoot a second, it basically gives you this idea, okay, you repeated it, but if you're able to make it a third one consistent, um. That's something that really um, adds value to your shooting reps. When I tried out for a, a university team, we had this drill called this three in a row drill where you had to do as many spots as possible, but you had to get three in a row in every spot. And I struggled in that drill because I was never consistent with the mechanics of the shooting. You could shoot it from anywhere. You could shoot it from mid-range, you shoot from three, et cetera, et cetera. But 
what I understood was that my mechanics were just not formed. You can't just step in and just, you can't just go into a game and just think that you're a shooter. It's actually something that you have to rep out. So in that specific drill, um, elite shooters will shoot um, close to 19 spots, and that's in five minutes. In five minutes, you have a rebounder, and you think about, um, you try to get as many spots um, as possible um, within the time by making three in a row. Right, so when you do one, two, three, that counts as one spot. If you see, and you don't move on until you finish that spot, right? So if you're going, so so it's it's a fun drill because then if you get to a spot and then you go one, two, and you miss the third one, you stay at that spot and you got to restart and you got to make three in a row. So that just alone adds a lot of pressure to the shooting. And by adding pressure to the shooting, you're making it more realistic, which is what you want to be able to do because. You know, you may go into a game and you may only get that one shot and you got to make that three. So having pressure on that third shot for you to be able to move on, I think adds a lot of value to what um, you want to be able to do. Um, obviously, I would say like definitely try to shoot different footworks, right? Whether it's catching the ball, you're backpilling, catching the ball, you're drifting, right? Drifting with sliding down to the corner, right? Setting your feet, catching the ball, Um you have the lift, right? So just being able to kind of like move your feet, um, um, how to say, um, laterally, and then just setting your feet up, just working on different footwork. Um, and I would definitely think that um, when you're talking about shooting, um, just being able to make as many catch and shoot easy in rhythm threes is something that you got to be able to look out for. Um, and if, and after that, all I would say is just rep repetition and just practice. Like, don't be afraid to take a step back. Don't be afraid to go back to the close to be able to get your form and all that kind of stuff. Right. And shooting has to be one of those things that you feel really calm in doing. So when players don't have a calm demeanor about themselves, they're going to miss more shots than they're actually going to make. Right. So anything you do to slowly reset and calm your mind can really allow you to have a lot of um positive results so this was this week's basketball coaching section we talked about shooting now go out there and get better at it thank you guys for tuning in this week thank you to jay jay basketball tv for being our guest but also shout out to chris and kev for all the work that they do um if you enjoyed this episode uh we have a visual on youtube but if you enjoyed the podcast, please give me a five-star rating and a review if you enjoyed. Um, as you guys know, you guys could always follow up with me and keep up with all things at Coach0365 on every platform. Um, and like we said, we got the YouTube. We got visuals there for you, for those who are, you know, visuals. Because I'm visual too, so I get it, you know. So, so I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the views. Like lately, my social media has been booming. Um, never would have thought I would have gotten to this point. And it's all because of you, the listeners, the viewers, the people that share, like, um, reshare my stuff, repost, and all that stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is your host, Coach O. And this week, uh, the word the saying for the week is love wins love wins have a great week and see you all next week on the project 365 podcast